This podcast is sponsored by Elvi, who makes smart technology products for women and birthing people, including the innovative pelvic floor trainer, LV Trainer, and their amazing hands-free electric breast pump range, including the LV Pump and LV Stride. LV find new solutions and create smart products, whilst leading taboo-busting conversations. What I think makes LV so amazing and a brand I love and admire is their commitment to develop innovative products using the latest technology to address issues predominantly experienced by women that have long been overlooked. We all know our bodies are pretty incredible. We can choose to actually grow and feed mini-humans. LV believes that we shouldn't have to make do with shoddy design or pink spin-offs. Our smart bodies deserve to have smart tech to support us. LV's mission is to improve our lives through smarter technology. What's not to love? Just a warning, this episode does contain some adult language, so please listen with care, especially if little ears are around. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you can spare the time to write a review, please do. It would make my day. Welcome to Up The Duff Pod, a brand new pregnancy, birth and parenting podcast brought to you by The Positive Birth Company. In this first series, we are diving straight in at the deep end and tackling taboos. The everyday stuff most people experience after having a baby, but which nobody likes to talk about. I'll be chatting to friends of the Positive Birth Company about their experiences, as well as sharing my own, on everything from poo, wee, mind, body, sex and bodily fluids. If it's a bit gross or a bit embarrassing, you can be sure we've got it covered. Before I go any further and introduce this week's guest, I should probably let you know who I am. My name is Siobhan Miller, my pronouns are she, her. I am a mum to three boys who I co-parent with their dad and I am currently pregnant with my fourth baby and I'm doing it solo by choice. I'm also the founder of The Positive Birth Company and the author of Hypnobirthing, Practical Ways to Make Your Birth Better. I love talking about everything relating to pregnancy, birth and the postpartum period. And because I'm lucky enough to have done it a fair few times, I can confidently say, been there, done that, got the t-shirt to most of the things we'll be discussing from poo dramas to leaky boobs and I'll be sure to share my stories in the hope they help you feel less embarrassed and at the very least so you know you are not alone. Today I'm recording in Exeter near where I live and I'm joined by a good friend and ex-colleague. She is the founder of Body Happy Org and the author of Body Happy Kids and radiates body positivity online under the Instagram handle at Molly J Forbes. Hello, Molly. Hello. (laughs) It's so nice to have you as a guest on the podcast. And as we were just talking about the fact that you used to work for the Positive Birth Company and pre-pandemic were actually working on getting a podcast produced. I know. And for various different reasons, mostly COVID related, it didn't happen. And now finally we're making it happen. And although I'm so gutted that you no longer work for PBC... It's so nice that you are actually a guest and we're able to do this together. (laughs) I'm going to try not to take over. I'm going to try and not kind of be bossy. I feel like I really appreciate you being bossy and taking a lead and telling me what to do. I miss you, Molly. (laughs) (laughs) So probably we should say why you left PBC. So this is why it's kind of a bittersweet moment. Obviously, absolutely gutted that you aren't with us anymore (laughs) but it's because the joyful thing is that you've gone full-time doing what you love most 
and that is working on Body Happy Org. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that before yeah. we get started? It's called the Body Happy Organisation and it's a non-profit company, so like a social enterprise. And we work to help adults help the kids in their care be friends with their bodies. So we do workshops with schools. We do kind of professional development workshops with teachers and anyone who works with children. And we also do lesson plans and resources and we sell books and lots of lovely resources and workshops and training and all sorts of things to help parents raise children who feel content and happy and free in their bodies because I know from being a grown-up human (laughs) that so many of the issues that we have with our bodies we're feeling insecure about the way we look and just feeling like we're not quite good enough just as we are those issues often happen in childhood and as a mum of two daughters I became really interested in this kind of years ago and that's kind of where my work has led me so when I was working at PBC I was writing my book and launching this non-profit and yeah it got to the point where I was just spinning too many plates and couldn't do it all anymore so I had to make the sad decision to leave but it's lovely to be here yeah, today and we're not so, far away are we I'm no, still in Devon so no, we're, still, we're still friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like saying goodbye to you as a colleague but not yeah. as a friend yeah so given all of that um, it should come as no surprise that today Today we are talking about bodies, from boobs to bumps, bellies to bums. We're going to be talking about the inevitable expansion that happens during pregnancy and what happens after. Something that I always find really curious about our society is how there's this kind of expectation to bounce back essentially, to Mm -hmm. have a baby and then as soon as possible look like you never had a baby instead of it being something that you're really proud of, it's kind of like there's a shame around looking like you had a baby. And there's so many terms we hear, not just for mums either, for dad, dad bod, or like mumsy looking. There's so much kind of negativity around looking like you've had a child and then celebrating that you don't. So compliments like, you look like you never even had a baby. You know, you bounce right back. Yeah. And I find it so curious because I know in other cultures, actually it's the opposite and people actively celebrate becoming a parent and wear things like a scarf in a certain way to kind of indicate that they are a mother and we have the complete opposite and I know you've probably got a lot to say about this. I think it's I mean I don't want to go all deep right at the beginning and I know this is meant to be like a really light-hearted episode so I'll try not to get we'll bring it back up we'll go deep and then we'll bring it back up the laughs are coming people I guess um it's interesting because it feeds into all of these kind of systems of if you think about like capitalism and the patriarchy I've gone straight in there with capitalism and the patriarchy but basically (laughs) it's this idea that kind of how we value people so I think in our culture we have like a real emphasis on the way people look and the way that people look is often valued in terms of youth and firmness and smoothness and we have a very clear idea of what beautiful is and part of youth and and being young and vibrant is being fertile and then it's almost this idea that once you've had a kid then you almost become invisible in society because you don't serve that purpose anymore so I remember as a new mum really noticing that the way that people interacted with me, just strangers in the street, was different if I was pushing a pram or I had a baby with me. I almost felt like my purpose in in society at large had, had changed and that made me feel really different about my identity. And then that inevitably came back into how I felt about my body. And I remember um, being in um, a shop 
I went to Next to get some baby grows when Effie, my youngest, was tiny. She was like two days old and none of her, but they were all too big for her. And I remember she was in the car seat, but like on the floor. And I went to pay and the lady behind the till was like, oh, when are you due? Because I still had that bump. Which is really normal because obviously my body had just done this miraculous thing of giving birth to a baby and I still had this visible bump. And I remember being mortified, you know, and she was, poor woman, she was probably more mortified than me because I said, oh, I've had her, my baby's (laughs) down here. It's quite a cringe moment. But um, I remember thinking, oh, you know, I still look pregnant. I, I, you know... It was the way that she interacted with me when she thought I was just about to have the baby was totally different to the way that she interacted with me when she'd realised I had the baby. And it was just a really interesting moment where I realised how different we treat people based on the way they look, how their bodies look, what we think their value is in you know society. We don't value parents enough in our culture and that's shown through the fact that childcare isn't affordable and wraparound childcare is not a thing and we don't really value unpaid work in the home and women and parents who tend to stay home are often kind of less valued overall and this idea of like being shirking their work or something but yet we don't make it easy for people to get back to work. All of that just shows that we don't have that value on... on, We say that we value families and parents, but actually I don't think that we do as a culture. That's so interesting how how our bodies Yeah, you're thinking how bodies actually relate to all of these other factors, like political factors, a lot of them. Yeah. It's interesting that you said that because obviously I'm pregnant now and I do enjoy feeling really special when you walk around and people get up and give you their, their seat on the tube and people are like really like smiley and like, when are you due? And like asking you loads of questions. And it's true because obviously this is my fourth. So I've been on the flip side three times already. Then you become a bit of a burden and an inconvenience when you're pushing your buggy around and you definitely aren't treated in this kind of special way. And that's what I'm really enjoying about pregnancy is people treat you in a really special way. Like, can I help you? Or when you've got a buggy, you are more of an inconvenience. Yeah. And I remember actually it was um, Christmas time after my second son was born. He was born at, yeah, just before Christmas. And I'd been out to shops, obviously pregnant, and people gave me space and were really lovely to me. And then I remember going to a shop just after I'd had him it was very busy Christmas time shopping and people like bumping into me and just, you know, me feeling actually I need to get out of this. This is not a safe space to be with my newborn. And yeah, completely overnight, like you go from being pregnant and it's like, wow, we'll give you space and look after you to you having a baby and then being like, you're in the way. Yeah, get on with it, <laughs> yeah. get on with it, get it's back so in, in the kitchen kind of thing. Yeah, it is definitely that's definitely a thing and that really impacts how we feel about our bodies both when we're pregnant and after we've given birth as well yeah and what what do you think the role of social media (laughs) another massive topic but I find social media a very interesting place because I see and follow lots of people online who promote body confidence including yourself and it's really really helped me I honestly attribute a lot of my increasing body confidence to the people I see on social media but that might be more reflective of who I follow rather than the whole of social media. So I just wondered whether you thought that social media makes that pressure worse or actually is there a body positive movement that's gaining momentum and actually social media is like a tool that helps? Yeah, 
There's so much nuance and it isn't necessarily a sort of straightforward yes or no black and white answer because on the one hand, social media can be an amazing force for change and I wouldn't be able to be doing the work that I'm doing now if it wasn't for social media. You know, you can reach lots of people with your message, you can immediately push back at negative messages wherever they're coming from and you can kind of really build a community. But the other side of it is that, I guess, particularly with platforms like Instagram, they are still visual platforms. So the thing with body image, so a really simple way to put it is, body image is the way that we think and feel about our bodies, yeah? It's a psychological construct. So lots of people think that, oh, if I just change the way my body looks, I'll feel better in my body. But actually, because it's a psychological construct, it's more of a mindset thing. So actually, that isn't the case. And that's why you can find supermodels that really fit that beauty ideal who still feel bad about their body. And the reason for that is because they objectify themselves. They see themselves as an object. We're all encouraged to do that, to kind of view our bodies from a third person perspective rather than living in the experience of our body. So objectification is not good for body image and social media encourages us to objectify ourselves because it's a visual platform but then there's also nuance because we know that seeing body diversity i.e a range of different types of bodies is really good for body image because it makes us realize that all bodies are good bodies our bodies are all meant to be different and we don't often get that diversity in mainstream media like tv and film for example or, or magazines if anyone still reads magazines if you're like from the 1990s like me so that's where the nuance is because actually body positivity as a movement has pushed back against you know this idea that there's only one type of body but then the nuance again (laughs) just to add another layer of complexity is that there is research to show that actually the messages that we're getting from that even that body positive content can really impact how people feel about their bodies so for example you might get a really simplified message like love your body just love your body and actually that can actually not be a positive thing and that can make people feel worse because what if they just can't love their body then they feel like not only is their body not looking the way that they think it should look but also they're failing at body positivity it's just like another thing to Mm. to fail at and I should say body positivity is not just feeling good about your own body it's about you know knowing that all bodies around you are good and worthy of respect and equality equity and so that's where the difficulty can be so for me like when I'm thinking about like what I'm consuming on social media I try and and even with like content that shows a diverse range of bodies I'm always trying to think, right, is this encouraging me to think of a body as an object or is this encouraging me to think about what my body can do and how my body feels? And, you know, that's not to say that we should all stop posting pictures of ourselves, enjoying ourselves on holiday in a bikini, if that's what you want to do, because that there is a place for that. But actually... It's about more than that, because if we're not including all bodies in the conversation, trans bodies, disabled bodies, fat bodies, it's not just about learning to love your stretch marks. It's about feeling at one in your own body and then respecting and treating all bodies equally, whatever they look like and however they function. And social media is an amazing opportunity to really help people do that. But as with anything, it's messy and it's not straightforward. And also I think a massive factor is who you follow. Yeah. So, you know, if you're following people 
I don't watch Love Island. So yeah. You know, like Love Island-esque yeah. people. I know what they look like. Very beautiful, in inverted yeah. commas, bodies. You know, if your feed is full of people like that, then obviously you're going to be getting a very different experience to your feed being full of diverse bodies and people that are confident in their bodies and are celebrating that. Yeah. And I guess you're going to get a very different experience of social media exactly. depending who you're following. So I guess that's a good tip is kind of, you know, if you are listening and that is something that you're struggling with, either being pregnant or post-birth mm. actually thinking about when you go on social media it's like you want to feel good not bad it shouldn't yeah. be like you go to it and it makes you feel bad so maybe thinking about who you are following yeah definitely um, and muting people you don't have to unfollow I've learned you can just mute so yeah. that you don't get to see yeah. but I think this is obviously a massive topic and obviously it's your area of expertise so we could talk about this for hours or in mm -hmm. fact do like a whole series on it but in the interest of keeping things light, yeah. <laughs> I thought we could share some of our funnier personal experiences and the learnings that we've had from them. Thinking about this, like right back to my first baby. So this is when I was 20. He's now almost 16. And one of the things I did, which I, I feel very sorry for my younger self, but also it does make me laugh at my kind of naivety, is that when I came to pack my birth bag for hospital, and you obviously pack clothes for going home in, I packed a pair of pre-pregnancy trousers. <laughs> yeah. And I thought I was being really clever because I packed with an elastic waist. So I thought, you know, like, it's not like they're a pair of jeans. So I packed these pre-pregnancy trousers to go home in. And obviously, when it actually came to put them on, I couldn't even get them up past my thighs. But the naivety of it, I literally thought, well, the bump will go, I give birth, and then I'll just be in my normal yeah. clothes. And when I shared this with Amy, who works at PBC, yeah. who we both know, she said she did exactly the same with her first. I'm thinking it wasn't just me <laughs> that yeah. made that mistake. But yeah, I genuinely thought you would just give birth to the baby. And yeah, I had would just like be normal, like back to normal. <laughs> like and actually your body changes, you know, hugely, not just the bump. And, you know, it will take a long time for your body to return. And it may never return to exactly how it was before. Yeah, that's, uh, that made I... me laugh. But also... It makes me think, poor me, <laughs> like know, silly Siobhan. After I had Effie, so Effie's my second, and I remember I kept, like right up until really recently, I'm talking six months, but Effie's now seven. It was a long time ago that she was a baby. I had a pair of maternity joggers that were like my favourite joggers, and I carried on wearing them for years and years and years after she was born, because they were just so comfy. And I remember kind of with Freya feeling Freya's my eldest, who's now 12. And I remember feeling the same thing with Freya. Like, I should be out of the maternity clothes really quickly because I wasn't pregnant anymore and I shouldn't be wearing those clothes. Why? Who made that rule up? We should wear maternity clothes all the time if we want to. If they're the... You wear whatever's comfortable and what you feel good in. And get away from this idea that you should be a certain size or you should be wearing... Like, should. What does should even mean? You know, I wish that I'd kept all of the kind of, you know, maternity clothes I had with Freya for longer and rather than forcing myself into clothes that were dead uncomfortable because I thought that that's somehow what I should be doing. But I think loads of people will relate to that. And actually, funnily enough, I bought packs of massive black pants for afterbirth with my third baby. So by this point, I was a little bit wiser. And I bought these like cotton pants from like Sainsbury's, like multi-packs in sizes like much bigger than my normal size, thinking that they would be great for like afterwards, you know, to accommodate the big pad and 
then I would throw them away, you know, that they would yeah. go. They were just temporary pants. I still have those pants and I wear them all of the time. Tell me you're wearing them because now. Because they're so <laughs> comfy, right? Yeah. I know, like, I literally, they're, they're like my, yeah. my, my, like, nighttime pants because yeah. I'm like, they're so comfortable. That's like a whole different topic about pants whether people... Pants that come up to your armpits wear in the bed. pants in bed, but, like... Yeah, and I've kept them and I have like no shame in keeping them. I'm like, they are my comfortable pants and they were meant to be like temporary pants. But it wasn't always like that. And I remember actually after my second was born, I was invited to someone's birthday, a good friend's birthday, and they were having an afternoon tea and it was in one of those like fancy London hotels. So you kind of dress up. And I remember squeezing myself, squeezing being the key word, into a jumpsuit of mine it was like a fitted one and I had like this nice jumpsuit on and I had like heels on and I was like feeling good about myself probably feeling good because I'd managed to squeeze myself into this right my baby was quite young anyway I went there central London I think it was like near Hyde Park or somewhere like that not in like a shopping area and as soon as I sat down the whole thing split up the back not just like a little hole like the whole seam like up my bum like all the way up the back so just like flapped open revealing like my bum and pants Obviously, none of my friends had like a spare change of clothes with them, because why would you? Nowhere near shops to panic buy an outfit. It was like summer, so it was warm. I had no other things like with me, just going around with this like flapping jumpsuit. What did you do? Well, luckily, one of my friends had a sweatshirt in her bag, like a thick kind of sweater, and I tied it round my waist (laughs) so that I had this like sweater like hiding my bum and basically spent the rest of the time at this like really fancy afternoon tea in what was like my nice outfit but with this random white sweater tied around my waist at least he had big knickers on yeah well hopefully but that was pre the big pants so I'm not sure can't remember what pants I had on but I just remember thinking like that has happened because I have squeezed myself into something Mm. that kind of desire to get back was like really strong Mm. and I'm ashamed to admit it now, but honestly, the like the size in the label of the clothing would affect how I felt about myself. Mm. And now I think that's so crazy. Like how would a size printed on a label make mm. a difference to how I feel? Like my body's not changing from day to day. Mm. And also we know that from shop to shop, sizing is very different. But there was definitely a phase in my life where if it was a size 10, like even if it was uncomfortable to squeeze myself into it, I would get that rather than buy the size 12, which 100% would have fitted me better Mm. because I had in my mind, like, well, no, I was a size 10 before, so I've got to be a size 10 again. I don't want to accept I'm a size 12. And I think like a lot of people must relate to that because I hear people keep like their clothes for years thinking like, I'm going to get back into those clothes from pre-baby. And actually they just end up taking up loads of space and then years later you finally like pass them on yeah but they just sit there reminding you that you're not the same size and making you feel bad yeah and I feel so liberated that now I'm like I'm just going to buy the outfit that fits me yeah like it doesn't matter if it's a 12 or 14 or whatever size it is XXL like if it's comfortable I'm going to wear it that's the main thing now when shopping for like comfort but there was definitely a large period in my life where I was like, I want to get back to that size mm. that I used to be. And when you've had just had a baby, not only is your shape changing, but your body processes are still changing. So at that point, I remember being really shocked that I was still like just leaking so much blood. I had a pad the size of a double duvet, like a king size duvet basically wedged into my knickers. And you feel like your boobs are leaking. Everything feels vulnerable and raw. And actually that is the one point we should be doing this at all points in our life. But if there's ever a point in your life to wear clothes that 
nurture your body and feel comfortable on your body and make you feel protected and safe and comfortable it's when you've just had a baby when your body is literally just trying to mend itself you know but the thing about sizing is really interesting because I think that I mean it's a massive issue you could do a whole podcast on that alone because obviously for lots of people who are pregnant you know or have just had a baby they might not even be able to get their size in the shop anyway because sizing isn't inclusive so for loads of people you know, never mind a, a size 14, they need a size 22. And that size, that's not available on the high street. And that's a whole other conversation. How's that going to make someone feel about their body? You know, whether they've just given birth or not. But I just think if there's anyone listening to this right now who's struggling with how their body feels after having a baby or they're pregnant and they're kind of trying to get to grips with this new changing body, just try and like those moments that you can just try and tune into how your body feels and sort of lose the noise of how it looks which I know is really difficult because the way that we look can be impacted by all sorts of different things including how people treat us but trying to lose that noise and really focusing well what feels good today what do I want to wear today you know what's going to make me feel good what's comfortable for us now as we're recording this it's a boiling hot day I wanted to wear something like floaty and comfortable and loose and that's what I was thinking about this morning you know as I was getting dressed also maybe you want a bit more support maybe you've got breast pads and you want to have a really comfy bra don't like go and spend loads of money on a lacy bra put something comfortable on (laughs) you know our bodies should be we need to look after them when you've just had a baby your body exists to look after like this other human so you have to look after yourself as well and you wouldn't put your baby in something uncomfortable we put babies in baby grows and comfortable soft cotton things and you should be showing that same level of care and love to your own body because your body has done something amazing and not doing as I did and squeezing yourself into a jumpsuit that is too small (laughs) and then busting out of the scenes (laughs) you should have worn a baby Um, grow to afternoon tea I think obviously like body body image body confidence you know it affects everybody everybody Mm. (laughs) you know to varying degrees but I think particularly when you go through pregnancy and that postnatal period your body undergoes so many huge transformations in such a short period of time I think it's quite unlike anything like any other period in your life maybe apart from when you're a baby and you grow quite rapidly as well the positive birth company offers award-winning online courses that are affordable accessible and inclusive giving you on-demand access to leading experts whenever you need them you can watch on any device from anywhere in the world at any time of day or night they are also the creators of the freya app the world's first virtual birth partner app and produce tons of free resources and workshops to help you navigate everything from the early days and weeks after birth, breastfeeding, bottle feeding and baby loss, as well as specific workshops for LGBTQ parents and black women and birthing people. All of these workshops are completely free and you can find them on the Positive Birth Company's YouTube channel. And if you're pregnant and looking to connect with others who are due at the same time, then go to the Positive Birth Company's Facebook page and hit the groups tab to find your bump club. These groups are free to join and are a great place to go for support, advice and solidarity. You might even make a friend for life. Again, I'll be sure to include links to everything I've mentioned in the show notes. If you've lived in a body for many years and then you become pregnant, there's like these huge changes. Mm. And I think that was when I when I was younger, I thought it was just your tummy, like just your bump. 
But actually, I know that sometimes one of the very first signs that you're pregnant is your boobs. And I, I do remember with one of my pregnancies, uh, I think it was my second, like they just rapidly, like in the early weeks, you know, before I told anyone, just like rapidly expanded. I had to like go and buy emergency bras in a bigger cup size. But also they were so tender that I couldn't like lie on my side or even yeah. if my arm brushed my the side of my boob when I was getting dressed, it was like so tender. But it yeah. felt massive to me, these massive boobs. And then obviously your bump you know it expands your tummy mm-hmm. as your baby is growing but body hair body I had hair. like a massive long line of hair down my belly like a I had caterpillar that. of yeah. fuzz and again that links and on in the face with, yeah and that links in with what we think you know women should look like we have this idea women should be smooth you shouldn't be hairy there's shame around body hair and that's being pushed back mm-hmm. on social media but I remember with Freya particularly this is 12 years ago 13 years ago I was pregnant with her and I had this like proper thick line of fuzz all the way down from my tummy button right down to like my vulva. And it was just this like, it was like pubic hair all the way yeah. down my belly. And I'm thinking, what do I do with this? Should I yeah. shave it? It's unsightly, yeah. you know? I used to do so much like when I, in my earlier pregnancies, like I waxed that off. Like I went and got like my facial hair taken off, you know, I wanted to get rid of all these signs of pregnancy. And I do, 16 years later now with my fourth feel completely differently and when I see that little fuzz light up in the mirror I'm like wow that's happened because I'm pregnant yeah I know that it's probably going to go afterwards like it has done before but I'm like fascinated in awe of like all these crazy changes yeah but I very much vividly remember when I wasn't feeling that way about it and I'm glad that now I do. But yes, yeah, so many changes and people's foot size change yeah, because the muscles relax, yeah. the relaxing in your body softens your muscles, your actual bones in your yeah. feet like expand. And sometimes you might end up with a different foot size. You that can't wear any of your me. shoes. Yeah, I could only wear Birkenstocks when I was pregnant with Effie because my feet swelled up from about 20 weeks I had swollen feet and it hurt to put my trainers on and Birkenstocks were dead comfy because my feet could kind of expand mm. in them um, but, but I was surprised by that you're surprised <laughs> and the, one of the things I remember that was so unexpected was I ha- always had actually quite a small bump in terms of like how it measured they always said that the bump measured small and they have additional scans and my babies were all a fine weight but obviously just the way I carried the baby but I remember one day turning around and seeing my bum in the mirror and it looked like I had been whipped and it took me a while to like work out like what like have I sat on something like literally like red whip marks across my bum and it was all stretch marks yeah. because stretch marks when they start I don't know if it's always mm. but they're not white straight away they like are red I guess mm. where the skin is like stretched and then they go white and I remember being so shocked like I had stretch marks all across my bum and none on my bump which yeah. is where you might expect to see them and I was like why is my ass expanding like I'm not <laughs> yeah. growing a baby in my bottom yeah why has my bum got so big I got them and, on my thighs yeah it was, that was shocking that was like completely unexpected I was like on board with growing a bump and possibly getting stretch marks on my tummy mm. I was like completely shocked by turning around and seeing my bum and being like what has happened yeah and even now, fourth time round, like I still turn to Google, like Google, like why is, why is this? What's yeah. this about? But I've noticed that my thighs have definitely got bigger. Mm-hmm. The reason I've noticed is when I'm walking now, they're like rubbing Chasing, together. Yeah. And in this heat wave, mm-hmm. I am like, this is horrible. 
like they're rubbing shorts. together and like, yeah. I, I'm like <laughs> chafing and yeah. I haven't had that before. Yeah. So I go Google, like, why is my thighs mm. getting bigger? And obviously I found out that apart from water retention, your body stores fat stores mm-hmm. ready for the baby and to produce milk. Mm-hmm. And thighs are a common place where your body will hold those fat stores. Our bodies know what so, they're doing. So now I'm like, wow, it's amazing. Like my thighs are like getting ready. They're getting ready for yeah. the milk production. And it's won't happen for everyone, of course, like people have different mm. experiences, but like so much of your body changes in a very short amount of yeah. time. And then just when maybe you've gotten used to it, you give birth and it's like a whole new body that you've got to like make friends with. It's hard. It's a really hard time for body image because you're you're vulnerable. So there are like some key points in, in our lives when we can be vulnerable to feeling insecure in our body. And the post-birth period is is one. The research actually shows that like during pregnancy, people's body image tends to be fairly stable. And I think that might actually be because what we were saying before about the pregnant bodies being kind of celebrated and we sort of, you know, you're treated kind of special. But that after period is a vulnerable time in just the same way as adolescence is when you're going through all those hormonal changes and your body changes. But our bodies know what they're doing. They're doing all these amazing things. And whether it's your feet growing or having a hairy tummy or hairy face or stretch marks on your bum, like there are reasons for all of these changes. So knowing that there are reasons and knowing that your body is doing exactly what it, it needs to do what it should be doing it's miraculous really focusing on that can be really good for how you feel in your body and also knowing that you know a lot of the images that we see even on instagram of pregnant people or people who've just given birth aren't necessarily real you know we know that they've been like photoshopped or touched up and and because we live in particularly in the uk anyone listening to this in the uk normally it's not dead hot all the time so we don't really see people walking around in bikinis or swimsuits we don't really see what people look like under their clothes and we have a real kind of prudish thing in the uk about nakedness and that doesn't help either because we kind of think, oh, well, everyone must look different. Like, what's, you know, you'd like yeah. take your clothes off and look, what is this? What am I looking at? And actually, it's totally normal. Yeah. It's what your body should look like. And I think that's so true, actually, about pregnancy. And you said there's research to say that people's body image is quite stable in pregnancy and it actually is more difficult after birth. That's interesting because just like my own personal experience, I love my bump. Mm. Like I literally, I feel peak body confidence when I'm pregnant, even though I'm obviously bigger than normal. But I don't know if it's the shape and maybe that ties into that shape and pregnancy being celebrated. But like I love the shape of pregnancy and, mm. and the bump. But also it reminded me of what you said earlier, which was that we celebrate bodies that are firm and all of that. And obviously when you've got a, like a tight bump, my bump mm. is like rock hard. And I feel like the most toned yeah. <laughs> I, I am in my life. I know it's not actually toned, but afterwards I have a soft tummy, which I know is completely normal, but like I don't have a six pack or anything. Yeah. So I'm used to having a very soft tummy. And then when I'm pregnant, I'm like, I just feel like, yeah, super toned and like hard. And I wonder everything's firm yeah you know still so fitting that idea i guess in maybe in, and then afterwards obviously everything is the opposite everything is soft mm. <laughs> and leaking and yeah. different and changing and for me my personal like journey through this from first baby where i'm like trying to squeeze myself into tiny clothes and berating myself that they don't fit through to now where i kind of look at that facial fuzz and i'm like wow i'm in awe of my body what advice would you have? Because it's not as easy as saying, just look at your body and be in awe of it. Like, mm. it's miraculous. Embrace it. Do you have any advice for people that are struggling, struggling. like, yeah. real time with how I their th- body's changing? I think, like, it's really important. Like, whether you're pregnant or you're not, the f- number one thing I say to anyone who's struggling is 
give yourself a break and recognize that body shame is normalized in the culture that we live in it's very difficult to like your body and be friends with your body and be content in your body when we live in this culture that's constantly giving us messages about what bodies should look like and what bad bodies are and what good bodies are and we get these messages right from when we're children so first of all there's no shame in feeling like that but it doesn't mean that because it's normalized that you have to feel like that just recognizing and just having a moment to just kind of accept that actually you're not going to unlearn a lifetime of negative messages about your body overnight it's not going to be something that you can suddenly like flip a switch and just love your body like it's not I'm not going to be like yeah. that I think my evolution <laughs> of this know. has been like over 16 years exactly. <laughs> it's been a lot four yeah. babies and now finally I'm like in a different place yeah so first of all I would say kind of just give yourself a bit of a break and be compassionate with yourself because it's not surprising but second of all recognizing that you don't have to feel this way and just being aware of where the messages come from it's this thing called media literacy which I do with kids but it works with adults as well and it's just kind of critically thinking about things so when you see something try and notice how it makes you feel whether that's an advert or a comment from a friend you know a baby group or whatever or something on Instagram just trying to think critically about it maybe for example you're at a new baby group and there's another mum or parent who's talking about wanting to lose the baby weight and that has made you feel insecure in your body and making you feel like you need to lose the baby weight or maybe you've got a friend who's pregnant who's talking about the best way to lose stretch marks or whatever now thinking critically about that would look like okay I wonder why they've said that maybe that's because they've got ideas about what perfect bodies should look like maybe they're dealing with some of their own issues about their body that doesn't have to be a comment on my body I know that my body is good and it's doing what it needs to do I know that stretch marks are normal I know that post baby weight gain is absolutely normal it's what my body needs to do thinking critically about what they're saying rather than just having to kind of absorb it and say okay that's true that's therefore how I need to feel and being aware and mindful of those messages can be quite an empowering thing once you sort of start to lift the lid it's a bit of a Pandora's box you start to notice the messages everywhere and actually a really common response to that is to start to get quite angry and that's Mm. kind of it's almost like a process of grief and that is a process that you're going to go through to lose some of these messages and unlearn some of these messages. It reminds me a lot about birth and that period like I went through of recognising how many ways we are told that birth is something to fear and then feeling angry and that anger fueling me to be like, no, like birth doesn't have to be like this. But it's that conditioning your whole life and once you actually open your eyes to it and see it, you're like, I've been sold a lie. Exactly. This has not served me. And then you feel kind of angry. So I can see kind of similarities. And sold is the key word there because ultimately all of these messages that are making you feel bad about your body are coming from a place that is making money off you feeling bad about your body, whether it's you going out to buy the stretch mark cream or, you know, signing up to a diet club or watching some fitness influencer on YouTube who's going to tell you how to get a six pack three weeks after giving birth. Like all of these things, it's about money. You want your money. It's a business. So recognising that is really important. And there's a whole other conversation to be had about health, but ultimately the way we feel about our body impacts how we treat our body and if you feel good about your body and you treat it with kindness and respect you're doing the best thing for you and you're doing the best thing for your baby 
I think one of the things that you said earlier, which really stuck with me as well, was that it's a psychological construct. So actually changing your body physically doesn't necessarily solve the problem of how you feel about your body because it's all in your mind. And I think that's really interesting because if you recognise that all of this is self-talk or you know it's all in your mind, we know that we have the power to change our thought patterns. It's not easy. It's not a switch, but you can change the way that you think about something you know, in hypnobirthing, we talk about using positive affirmations to kind of reframe. But if it's in your mind, you do have power over your mind and can change that. And I think that's really, really true. Because, you know, when I think back to obviously how I was after my first and second baby, and that kind of desperation to not buy a bigger size and get into something smaller and, and all of that, I was way smaller then than I am now. Mm. <laughs> and now I feel way more body confident and I'm actually bigger. So it was never about my body. No. And it's because my mindset's changed. And I think that's such a good thing to think about that actually going to length to change your body isn't going to change how you feel about your body necessarily. No. You need to change in your mind how you feel yeah. about your body. And you need to change how you feel about bodies in general because I feel really passionately it shouldn't stop there. It is important to recognise and it's empowering to recognise that there's this personal responsibility element. There are things that we can do on an individual level to feel good about our own bodies and hopefully as you start to do that work and you start to go through that process you'll start to recognise how you might treat the bodies of other people around you because actually the way we feel about our body is impacted by how other people treat our bodies as well so if you're in a marginalized body for example and you've been treated badly because of the way you look then no amount of positive affirmations are necessarily going to help with that but actually the more that we kind of do that individual work collectively as a society the more we will challenge some of these messages that mean that some bodies are left behind and excluded and continually treated with disrespect yeah. and it's a good thing on a collective level yeah. I've just brought the tone right down there. oh no it's fine <laughs> it's fine I, I was going to say that on social media as well what I find helpful is that actually the most attractive people that I think are the most attractive people are the people who are confident yeah you know that so it's not about like the size of them or whether they're toned or they're slim or they've got like you know all of these kind of stereotypical things that we associate with beauty here in the UK actually the people that I find most inspiring and attractive are those that are confident in their bodies whatever size shape that they are and that's kind of what I I suppose I aspire to now is just being confident in my in my yeah. own skin you can't um, measure energy can yeah. you energy isn't something that can be recognized as like a number mm. on a scale and that's the thing that we should all be focusing on the energy that we get oh yeah out. I've got rid of my scales long ago and yes. what's really liberating in this pregnancy is I don't know how much I weighed going into it I've declined to be weighed in it yes and I have no idea what weight I am Good. at all and so whereas with the others like I knew my starting weight I knew my yeah. pregnancy weight I knew afterwards what I needed to get back yeah. to that's in inverted commas you can't yeah. see me doing it yeah. but now I have no idea I'm just going with it and what a weight that is off my <laughs> no <Yeah>. pun intended <laughs> what a weight off my mind that is just not knowing yeah. like because I don't need to know that's the perfect two fingers up to yeah. the system I don't need yeah. to know you don't need to know the midwife doesn't need to know like I'm managing my pregnancy in in a way that I see fit and yeah. I don't have concerns about weight gain <laughs> even though I know it's happening you know yeah. that's a positive thing um, so that's been quite liberating but obviously we need to wrap up although I appreciate we could talk like all day <laughs> about like all of the different so much topics to that fit under this umbrella but I wondered if you had and I'm going to ask everyone the same question a message that you would like to give your younger self if you could go back in time with the wisdom you have now 
Is there a message you would give your younger self, say, when you were pregnant for the first time? Or I think I'd go back and just tell myself, even as a kid, and this is something that would have served me well all the way through childhood and adolescence and being pregnant and continues to serve me well now as I'm getting older. I'm 38 now. So, you know, ultimately, I wish I'd known that bodies are meant to change. Our bodies are allowed to change and they're meant to change. They're not meant to stay the same because we're not pieces of plastic. We're living, growing, organic, breathing beings. And our bodies are not meant to be this kind of unmolded kind of thing. And I wish that I'd known that, that it's okay to gain weight. It's okay to get looser. It's okay to change in whatever way, because that's what bodies do. And my body's doing right now and was doing then exactly what it was meant to do. Bodies are allowed to change and they should change. That's what they do. That's a really, really good one. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine would be, I would just like to tell myself to buy a bigger size, (laughs) not only to avoid the mishap of the splitting jumpsuit, but just years of misery of like trying to squeeze myself into clothes that didn't fit and being scared to buy something that had a label with a different size Mm. I just want to be like Siobhan buy a bigger size yeah (laughs) that's Um, what I would like to tell myself and cut the clothing label out yeah if the if the clothing label is like a trigger for you cut it out get rid of it you don't need it it's true it has literally no bearing on yourself the number that a shop prints in a label yeah Well, thank you so much, Molly, for joining me. Would you like to say goodbye to people listening and let them know where they can find you and Body Happy Org? Yeah. I tend to hang out mostly on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter at Molly J Forbes, which is F-O-R-B-E-S. And Body Happy Org is bodyhappyorg.com. And we're also on Instagram at bodyhappyorg. And you can find all our stuff there and all my stuff yeah i'm on the internet basically i will be sure to include all of those links to your (laughs) website and your book and your instagram in the show notes of course a big thank you to everyone who has listened to this episode i hope you've enjoyed it it's made you smile perhaps even laugh and has given you some food for thought in terms of how you feel in your own body next week i'll be talking to jess jones aka the fat funny one and author of own it how to build confidence completely love yourself and embrace your body We'll be talking all about sex and building confidence in the bedroom or wherever you might be having sex. Also sex when pregnant, first sex after birth, solo sex and intimacy. So please do tune in then. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it. We are new to podcasting, so every share really helps us to spread the word. You can tweet us at UpTheDuffPod. We'd love to hear your feedback and if you relate to anything that we've talked about today or have your own story to share, then please do. And finally, a big thank you to the Positive Birth Company for making this podcast possible. And of course, thank you, Molly, for being a super guest. I think you should give yourself a little round of applause. Woo! That was good. <laughs> relax now. This podcast is sponsored by Elvi, who makes smart technology products for women and birthing people, including their innovative Elvi trainer. Did you know that as many as one in three women develop pelvic floor problems? We are working with Elvi to bust open the taboo around our pelvic floors and get us all treating our pelvic floor with a little more love. Elvi is on a mission to empower people to take charge of their pelvic floor with the help of their innovative Elvi trainer, which offers you expert designed care from home. It's so clever. The pebble-shaped pod is placed discreetly inside your vagina, pretty much like a tampon, and connects to an app on your phone. And then you simply begin your exercises whilst being guided by the gamified app.
you'll see noticeable improvements in as little as four weeks. Plus, it's even got patented technology that tells you if you're doing your exercises right. We've all had those little leaks or near misses after a cough or a sneeze, but with LV Trainer, you can take back control and feel confident again. It will help speed up postnatal recovery, prevent prolapse and improve bladder control. Plus, a strong pelvic floor can also improve your sex life and offer stronger orgasms. Sign me up.